I do think there's an irreducible uncertainty in the sense that once we build machines that are twice, 10 times, 100 times more generally intelligent and capable than, than humans are, I mean, once once we get there, of course, there's a level at which we can't know exactly, exactly what's going to happen. Ben, Elon Musk said AI was more dangerous than nukes. But Bill Gates says that AI is the most important tech advancement in decades. Where do you sit between Elon Musk and Bill Gates? I think both of those statements are are true. And I I think the first one, though, needs to be uh, taken in context. I mean, on the Bill Gates quote, I would say... The mathematician uh, I.J. Good summed it up well in 1965 when he said, the first ultra-intelligence will be the last invention humanity has to make. By an ultra-intelligence, he meant a thinking machine that's much smarter than people. And what I'd add to that is once you've created a real thinking machine that can think as well as people, you're not far from an ultra-intelligence, a super-intelligence that's much smarter than people. Because once... Once you have a thinking machine that can really think like people, that thinking machine can program. It can study computer science. It can study hardware engineering. It can improve itself, and you'll get you'll get exponential increase in the in the intelligence of that thinking machine and its and its successors, which will be a, a, AI created. So, no doubt, that's the biggest technology in human history. I mean, it may be the biggest event on planet earth like you even even uh go, 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 going back to the the time earth crystallized out of a ball of fire that that spun out of the sun right i mean going you're going from evolved intelligence to engineered and then self-re-engineering intelligence it's it, it's that's a big thing and there's a lot of issues there and from there's a lot of amazing possibilities there there's there's also obviously significant risks right so when when elon musk says you know there's more danger in ai than in nukes sure but there's also tremendously more promise and these these always go together right i mean you could say in the same way you know there there's more danger in in airplanes than in automobiles and it, it's it, it's true in a way you can suicide bomb with airplanes you can you can drop missiles with airplanes and there's more danger in in humans than in gorillas and chimpanzees because you know we can we can build tools and we can build computers and, and ais and airplanes but we you know we can also colonize space and we could uh we could we're the only species that's going to be able to move the earth away from the sun before it blows up right so i, I mean focusing on the risks of ai to some level is intelligent so that we'll think about how to mitigate those risks in a, in a, a practical and, and sensible way but on on the other hand emphasizing the risks rather than the, rather than the the benefits is, is is also a particular choice it's a choice elon musk has often made not a choice that that I'm making. I, I would say, Elon, of course, is leveraging AI as well as he can within his own enterprises, and is an optimist about getting a full self-driving rolled out in the in 
Tesla vehicles, right? So he, he sees that it's economically important and necessary, but yet he's worried about the long term. And you know, while I like Elon, I think he's a great <clears throat> visionary in, in many ways. I'm not sure he's really sat down and thought hard about how to maximize the odds that AI that thinks like people and better, what I call artificial general intelligence. Like how do you maximize the odds that that AGI does come out well for people? I I, I haven't seen a lot of uh, deep thinking from the Elon Musk angle on the topic of how to achieve beneficial AGI. Obviously, he's a busy guy. He's running a bunch of super impactful companies, though, and it's it's a difficult matter. So what would you say most scares you about AI and most excites you about AI? So I'm, I'm not at a gut level. I'm not scared about the medium term future as regards AI. I, I, I do think there's an irreducible uncertainty in the sense that once we build machines that are twice, 10 times, 100 times more generally intelligent and capable than, than humans are. I mean, once once we get there, of course, there's a level at which we can't know exactly exactly what's going to happen, right? I, I, mean, I mean, science fiction has explored many, many possibilities and anything, anything could happen. I mean, once the AGI reaches five times human intelligence, it may see the super intelligent aliens that have been lurking, lurking all around and we're too stupid to notice them. It may, it may develop backward time machines and, and, and go and uh, delete what it perceives as bad things from human history, you know, or, or maybe nothing all, the, all, the, all that weird, but merely, merely a paradise on earth that humans can't understand any better than ants and bugs can, can understand the New York Museum of Modern Art, right? So, I mean, in, 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 in a sense, all bets are off when you're talking about massively superhuman intelligence Nevertheless, at a at a gut feeling level, at a sort of heart or, or spiritual level, I have a strong sense this is all going to come out quite well. I mean, what, what I really think is going to happen is we're going to get AGI, artificial general intelligence systems, that can generalize beyond their experience, leap into the great unknown with imagination and reason more powerful than, than human level. And I think that these AIs are going to, in the end, be loving, compassionate, and helpful to human beings. And humans humans will be able to merge with these AIs and basically become superminds or remain humans living in a human setting that will appear utopic relative to how we live now. Like you don't have to work, you don't have to work for a living. You don't have to die unless you feel like it. You, 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 you don't, you don't have to get sick. You can snap your fingers and summon up any organization of, of molecules that you want, right? So, I mean, I, I, in the end, I'm very optimistic about the post-singularity world. I think the AGIs we're going to create are going to look back on us nostalgically as their creators and that helping humans to flourish will take a vanishingly small percent of their resources, very small considering the unique historic an aesthetic value humans would have as their as their creators. I I worry more about the transition from here to that stage, right? So, I mean, suppose 
you know, GPT-8 can really obsolete 80% of human jobs, right? And I don't really think it will be a system in the GPT lineage that that does that exactly. I mean, uh, and we can talk about that a little later. I mean, I think you're going to need to take this sort of large language model tech and combine it with that other sorts of AI that does better with creative invention and with, with sustained truth-driven reasoning. But whether it's a GPT system or some sort of more complex AGI architecture, like the ones that, that I'm working on with my colleagues in SingularityNet and True AGI and OpenCog and so on, one way or the other, if you get some AGI system that obsoletes the vast majority of human jobs, which I'm almost sure will happen, and it's not going to be many decades from now, right? So that then what happens in the few years while that transitions into something that's really super intelligent enough? Like so, so suppose at some point, suppose drones go around the earth and just airdrop to everyone, you know, Drexlerian molecular nano assemblers that will just listen to your voice commands and 3D print whatever object object you want, be it food, shelter, uh, video game consoles, right? So, okay, then then you're in one domain. Super AI has created abundance, and, and the hope is that it's compassionate to people, right? But what happens in between most jobs being obsoleted and, and the point where molecular assemblers are being airdropped everywhere, right? What happens in between there, and this may not be days, this may be years of transition period, and th this this is going to be a strange and tortuous journey, right? I mean, I think the rollout of technologies takes time, even when they work. I mean, some friend of mine invented a technology several years ago in a, a company called Apprente that basically obsoletes that human behind the McDonald's drive through or the drive through window and other, other fast food companies. You know, they developed this three, four years ago. Their company was bought by McDonald's. It was then changed hands to IBM. It's rolled out in a handful of McDonald's. It's not yet everywhere, though, right? So, I mean, although it works and it's clear, it's clear that that job could be automated a long time ago, right? So, I mean, that illustrates how it does take some time, even when AI can replace a job category, it takes some time for it to roll out, which is a complex rhythm and pacing that depends on the, the industry, industry structure, right? So there's going to be several years of step-by-step AI obsoleting job after job in different industries. In the end, I think you're going to see some form of universal basic income roll out in the developed world. But what worries me, among many other things, is who's going to give universal basic income to the average, you know, citizen of the Central African Republic or, 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 or Senegal, right? I mean, there's not much appetite for that in, in, in the West. In China, there's appetite for building superhighways from the mine to the port, but not so much for giving, giving basic income to the people in, in Africa. So you've got, you've got potential for temporary exacerbation of the gap between haves and have-nots globally, which is always something that can exacerbate all sorts of, of instability. So I'm somewhat worried about that, that transition period less so than about the end game. And I think I think somewhere in that 
rant, I answered your second question also, which is what what, what excites me most, right? I mean, there, there's two pieces. You know, one, one is it will be great to be a superhuman supermind with effectively godlike intelligence and, and capability, even if it meant giving up being human in the, in the traditional sense. It'd be great to have the option to merge with the, an AGI supermind. It would also be great, you know, to live a human life without headaches, stomach aches, uh, old, old age and, uh, and death and the need to worry about paying your bills at, 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 at the end of the month. Right? I mean, we, we are living better in a material and medical sense than, than, than we have in the, all of human history, but there's a lot of room for improvement, right? And I think if you're really looking to a situation of superhuman AGIs, there's no reason you couldn't make multiple copies of yourself. Like Ben, Ben, Ben one stays on earth in the human body that never gets sick and dies and like uh, hikes all possible trails, learns all languages, plays all musical instruments and, and so on. Then Ben, Ben two fuses with that, with the AI supermind. And this is a, this, what's interesting about Bill and Elon is I think, I think Elon Musk sees that long-term upside very, very clearly. Whereas Bill Gates has been a little more grounded in near term in his in his in his thinking. On the other hand, Elon Musk seems to have, let me say, less faith in human nature and in the the benevolence and and compassion of human society as it shapes the young the young AGI minds. And probably his experience uh, policing Twitter hasn't hasn't improved his impression of the benevolent streak of human nature. There's about three questions that have come out of that answer, Ben. I definitely want to talk about universal basic income because that sort of control over the monetary system really scares me, quite frankly. Um, definitely want to talk about jobs. But first, I want to talk about singularity because... Um, you know, many people who listen to the Disruptor show are entrepreneurs and they may not know what the singularity is. So right. could you give us a little overview of what it is, when you think it'll happen? And again, what excites you and scares you about the singularity? The technological singularity is a notion that was first explicitly articulated by the science fiction writer Werner Vinge and was then really popularized by futurist Ray Kurzweil, you could look in his book, The Singularity is Near, or much earlier book, uh, The Age of, of, of Spiritual Machines. And, you know, the, the mathematician I.J. Good, who I, I studied at the beginning of this, of this interview, he articulates something called the intelligence explosion, which is a closely related concept. The intelligence explosion is, is, is a point when Machines make smarter machines, which make smarter and smarter machines, which make smarter and smarter machines. And zoom, right? the singularity is conceived as a as a time when new inventions, new technological progress is happening so fast, the pace of advance appears infinite to the human mind. And we're we're getting there. We're not there yet. But I mean, like I. I don't have time to figure out all the features of each new phone I buy before before a new one comes, right? And you can see that with with 
AI, AI models also, right? I mean, we had GPT-3, we're trying to make sense of what it means, and we get GPT-4, but then, you know, already many teams, including my own AI team, are working on things that are next and, and, and even better. And, you know, before the economy has time to adapt to one level of AI, we're going to have the next level of AI. Bing, 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 bing. So when, you're, when your phone is making 10 Nobel Prize level discoveries every second using its spare processing power then you're at you're at the singularity right it doesn't have to be truly infinite rate of growth but it has to appear that relative to 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 people and if you look at the historical research ray kurzweil did back in the 90s he was just plotting you know how how much faster computers getting how much market brain scanning is getting how much faster networking is getting how, how how much smaller motors are getting one thing after another you see an exponential rate of increase and based on that he projected human level agi would come around 2029 and i mean i think we might be able to even pull it off faster than that in say three or four years from now i don't think it's going to be 20 or 30 years from now so i mean i think his analysis was fairly well on target, given that he was making it in the in the nineties when these things were a little less obvious. But you know, there, there have been other visionaries seeing this all along, right? I remember in the early seventies, I read a book called The Prometheus Project from a Princeton physicist, Gerald Feinberg, that was written in the late sixties. I read it when I was eight or nine years old. In The Prometheus Project. I found this book in the public library in southern New Jersey. I mean, this this physicist from Princeton is saying, you know, within the next few decades, we're gonna we're gonna develop machines smarter than people. We're gonna cure aging and death, and, and we're gonna be able to manufacture arbitrary, you know, material objects by manipulating molecules at the, the nanoscale freely. And then our question will be: Do we use this to pursue rampant, mindless consumerism, or do we or do we use this to enlighten our consciousness. And he, he proposed the UN put this to a vote of the world population, whether to use immortality, nanotech and AGI. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector. I'm a watch investor. And those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk and he sources the higher end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years and recently we've done a partnership, hence I'm inviting you if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. consciousness expansion or mindless consumerism and so he i mean he proposed this in the late 60s right so which i read when i'm eight years old i'm like hmm, well this is way more interesting than things most people around me are 
are talking about now, like is rock better than disco or not, right? So okay, and the the Vietnam War, which was was important, but this just seemed way, way, way more important, which seeded my own my own passion for AI and these these futuristic technologies. So in a way, we're we're already in the singularity in early stages. Things are already happening almost so fast we can we can we can barely understand. At least this is like this is the the very late pre-singularity era, right? So it's which is a fascinating time to be alive and even even more fascinating time to be actually building AGI technology like like I'm doing with my colleagues. So Ben, let's talk about AI and jobs because I imagine through the industrial revolution when um you know the manufacturing and the factory line was created and maybe Ford could pretty much reduce all the labor and use machines to make a car there must have been a similar fear of well the factory line's going to take away all the jobs so is there an argument that ai won't take away all the jobs it will just take lower level um or jobs we can currently perceive but um it could create more jobs yeah, I, I think that there's an argument for that, but it's a completely wrong argument. So I, I, I mean, I, I think we've we've seen in we've seen in human history many times, of course, things seemed like we're they were going to happen, and then they didn't happen, and then they and then they finally happened. And I mean, the the invention of technology had that pattern. If you look in the 12th century Chinese encyclopedia, you you, you can see all sorts of complex geared mechanisms and you know what water wheels and helicopters like the ones da vinci later sketched right so i mean you had a lot of advanced technology in 12 13 1400s in china and then it you know the emperor decided that that, that was bad he burned a bunch of the books he burned their boats and said we're not going to do this right so i'm going to advance you know the tech to power the industrial revolution almost came it went away it almost came it went away then 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 it then it, re then it really came right and i think this 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 is how human history happens you you have you have cycles and and waves right and i i, I think i think that uh, there have been false alarms about ai taking people's jobs before and i think i think we're seeing already this happening in a much more real and concrete way than than we saw previously and the examples are well known and obvious enough now that i don't even need to waste everyone's time repeating them like i mean there's going to be way way fewer graphic artists needed to make ads now right because you can go to mid-journey dali stable diffusion or whatever the, the next things are and you can get cool pictures made right now yeah there's job tweaking the prompts to generate the pictures. Now, I think prompt engineering is going to be much less of a thing a year or two from now because the AIs will get smarter and smarter in understanding just rough informal prompts and you won't have to tweak the prompts as much. But, but I mean, that doesn't eliminate all jobs. There's still someone telling the AI what pictures to make, but you just, it needs fewer fewer people, right? And I, I think, I think uh, that example shows some other aspects also. I mean, there will still be a high end until you have really human level AGI or superhuman AGI, right? I mean, some 
projects with enough money will want to hire human artists to, to compete with the AI programs and come up with the absolute best thing, but that's going to be more, that's going to be more expensive. So I think uh, McDonald's is another fairly basic e- example. I mean, throughout Asia, you've already replaced the guy behind the counter pushing the hamburger button with a just an iPad or Android tablet where you can push the hamburger button yourself. And I mean, why not? It's more efficient. You got more more registers then, right? And then the guy behind the drive-thru is being replaced by apprentice technology. So how hard is it going to be to replace that fry cook with just a big metal box where, where you put... Uh, you know, garbage in one end and then and burgers out the other, right? I mean, I mean, we can do that already. It's just the cost of of assembling the the, the machinery needs to come down, and it is it is coming down. So, I mean, I, I think I think we're not going to see this time what was seen before, which is the jobs taken are replaced by a sort of equivalent number of different jobs i mean and and i i I think uh society is going to have a hard time reacting to that certainly and there will be some jobs that will survive this change even past the singularity and some that will survive up till the singularity but not that many i mean i think say a preschool teacher a psychotherapist uh you know and elder care worker there's some jobs that are just based on humans connecting with humans and that that's that's what they what they need to be i don't i don't want my two-year-old daughter taught only by robots right i, I mean even though i love i love i love ai and robots like there's an aspect of humans teaching other humans what it means to be human right and that so that there, there's the interestingly these are often very poorly paid job categories now certainly preschool teacher is but these may be among the ones to survive the the best i think any job that involves coming up with stuff that's really never been done before and charting a leap into the unknown will will, will survive well so i mean the the high end of of creative arts and music and say pulitzer prize winning investigative journalism right i mean th- this this stuff really needs full on general intelligence or you know running a startup to get get into something that addresses much of your audience. I mean, running a startup, that's about, at least in a in the technology sector or any other rapidly changing sector, which increasingly is most, right? I mean, that's about dealing with an unknown, uncharted world and dealing with problems that no one has ever looked at before. And if you just retread stuff that's happened in history, you're going to fail because someone else is seeing the future in a more visionary way and innovating better, right? So, so I think strategic leadership is is sort of up there with you know being the next picasso or pulitzer prize winning investigative journalism like these are things that involve leaping into the unknown in a way so these things involving creative leaps into the unknown or really fundamental like i thou human connection heart to heart these things will survive and everything else will be automated bit bit by bit as this happens gradually of course new jobs are created along the way but on the whole they're going to be fewer jobs at each step just like you don't need as you don't need as many hours on prompt engineering as you need on graphic art and you know on the outskirts of Addis Ababa Ethiopia where I have an AI 
a development office. There, there's a there's a big building where a bunch of local Ethiopians assemble shoes to sell in the African market. When that factory is automated, there will be jobs created for engineers who build the machines that that assemble the shoes in that factory. But it's going to be fewer engineers than it is shoe assembly people, right? And then when you have machines building the machines, for a while you're still going to have human engineers building the machines that build the machines, but it will be even it will be even fewer people. And I think I think we're already into that wave. One thing that's interesting is in the US right now, a lot of the people who aren't working don't really want to be working anyway. So you I think in the younger generation you see you see an attitude shift where a lot a lot of people age 30 are, are under like, well, is working to get money really what I want to be doing with my life anyway? Can I can I like uh, I don't know, find a way to live in my parents' basement and play Call of Duty instead? Or, or or work on the next great American novel or play in a band or whatever it is. And the, I, I think you are, you are already in the developed world, you're already seeing a bit of a cultural attitude shift away from defining oneself based on what one does to get money and and resources. But again, there's a huge have have nots gap because the, the average subsistence farmer in Ethiopia or Senegal or Afghanistan is not is not in that frame of mind whatsoever and doesn't seem likely to be told post singularity two questions that this is um fired off in my brain so i guess you could call me ben a bit more of an old school entrepreneur i'm 43 i started my own business 17 years ago hey i'm, I'm 56 man i mean you're you're you're, you're a baby <laughs> You know, I, I did the um, the hustle and the grind and working 16-hour days and making all the sacrifices. And too, I see this culture too. shift. Yeah. Right? I mean, to be, honest, to be honest, I still am, right? I, I mean, I mean that's, uh, that's what we're going to need to do to bring about the singularity, right? Which includes getting up at 7 in the morning to do someone's podcast before sitting down to work on the, on the AI, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 absolutely. There's a generational, there's a generational aspect here, though. But of course, if you look back, if you look back further, I mean, you know, there in the late 1800s, how long was the work week, right? I, I mean, for 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 a factory worker, I mean, I think I think there's a there's there's been a in the Stone Age, people may have worked two to four hours a day and spent most of the time hanging out with their families, right? And Maybe maybe life was easier, easier and happier, but of course, happiness has not been humanity's prime goal. We're always trying to leap into, into the unknown. But I think since the industrial revolution, I mean that was a big burst of human overwork, and it's sort of been that uh, been ramping down in the in the developed world since then. And part part of that is reflecting the generational shift between us and people who are 25 now, because in, in our generation, everything was hard, right? I mean, you had to work like hell to make anything happen. And then usually, usually, usually it failed anyway, even after you broke your back working day and night for years and years, usually it completely failed. You had to give up or, or, or start over again. And I, I see, I mean, in the current era, that level of persistence and patience is often not, 
needed because new technologies are just dropping things in your in your lap so quickly if you happen to be in the in the more developed and wealthy parts of the world yeah i think you answered the question before i asked it because but i'm going to ask it again because you might have an add-on yeah yeah yeah. so i employ a lot of people are in their 20s and i see a difference in attitude and i don't know if it's good or bad for humanity because i hear you in generations gone by maybe we've overworked and that's not good mental health issues fatigue we might be younger blah 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 you know life isn't just about work but it also i worry if we have this big rely reliability on ai and tech and we have universal basic income and not many of us really work and we've got an aging population and a growing population and i think we could be a really bloated lazy society which i'm not sure that's good either what are your thoughts on the change I mean, of society we're, we're already pretty we're already pretty far from surviving by our muscles and our wits right i mean when, when there's a power outage you feel pretty useless after like a couple of days without power like no nothing works what do i do like uh, you can't do like gilligan's island and like pedal on a bike to power your house and your laptop and your fridge right so i mean i think i think we're we're, we're already neurons in the global brain right and uh, I, I mean we're already as individuals unable to do what we're used to doing I mean, without this vast technological infrastructure. I mean, I think due to being a Boy Scout back in the 70s, if civilization collapsed, I'd, I'd probably do better than most. Like I know, I, 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 know how, I know how to hunt and gather and uh, start fire with sticks, sticks and rocks and build a shelter, right? But I, but I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's really going to go that way. I mean, I, I, think, I think we're already dependent on this vast global network of, of technology and it's just, it's going to get, more and more and more so as as the technology becomes becomes more and more intelligent and uh, yeah i mean i i have the same feeling as you as a, an employer of people of various ages and cultures and I, I i mean i try to ward off becoming like a, a grumpy old uh, grandpa right i, I mean it's true you know, people in their 20s, let's say, in US, Western Europe, and so forth, it, it's it's different in Russia, China, Africa, but I mean, people, people in the most comfortable, most technologically advanced, wealthiest parts of the world who grew up with the internet, right? I mean, there, there's a whole different perspective. And, you know, a respect for work-life balance and for self-care and so forth is sort of wi wired into what what people ex expect right and i mean of course in in our, in our generation you know in, in the u.s the teachers at school were allowed to whack you with a paddle if they didn't like you like it was a, it was an ent entirely entirely different way of way of growing up and 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 way of thinking and you know in in Jersey in the seventies, if you worried about about self care, people would just beat the crap out of you. It's an entire entirely different, entirely different way of thinking. It was also racist, sexist, homophobic. There's all all sorts of nasty stuff was taken for granted back then that that we assume we've gone beyond now. So I mean, I, 
overall, I think the world has made tremendous progress in my in my lifetime. It's been positive. Certainly, so far, there's always been pluses and minuses, right? And I, you can see that, like going from hunter-gatherer to scientist civilization, there's pluses and minuses because the, I mean, the oneness with nature that you get from living in a hunter-gatherer society is, it's something we obviously still care about. There's like national parks around the, around the the world where everyone goes camping and hiking and so forth, but. It's 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 not the same, right? There's something we've lost already. There's more and more that's going to be lost, and but there's a tremendous amount gained as as well. I think you know the worry Elon Musk has is more that we're going to lose everything because the the super AI is just going to decide the molecules used to you know comprise human bodies and cell phones and coffee cups and all that all these molecules we better use to build in a bigger hard drive, right? And I, I mean, I mean, which is what we decide when we build a house, we mow down the ants and bunnies without, without worrying about it too, too, too much. Right. So I think it, there will always be pluses and minuses in almost a progressive step you, you, you would take. I mean, even, even if you're released from jail, you'll miss your friends you had on the inside in, in, in prison, right? There's, there's going to be some, there's going to be something good in that previous situation that you'll miss, even if you're happy that you've moved on, moved on to something better. And that's that's yin yang, right? That that that, that that's that's the way life goes. But I I, I think uh, the worry Elon has is more dire than like maybe there's some pluses and minuses to the progress we're, we're seeing and I, I i think uh on the whole i'm an optimist but i, I do think there are th things we could do to bias the odds toward a more favorable outcome and maybe the attitude shifts we see with the younger generations towards sort of being kinder gentler more health and relationship oriented this may actually be positive in terms of you know boosting the compassion and ethics of the of the minds of the AIs we're creating. Because if you look at what AI has been used for so far on the planet before this recent sort of large language model revolution, it's been selling, killing, spying, and uh, what I'd call crooked gambling, aka Wall Street. Right. So I mean, it's advertising like, like, like Google, it's military and espionage. And it's been, you know, financial systems largely organized to take money from the masses and give them to the top 1%. And if this stuff is what feeds into the mind of the AGI as it grows, like what kind of AGI are we are, are we brewing here? How does it think about its relationships to, to other minds? Now with chat GPT, you see interesting twists. So on onto selling, killing, spying, and crooked gambling, you have bullshitting, right? So so now now we have a new angle, which is that AI is just bullshitting people with random garbage that it comes up with by combining things it heard and, and, and knows nothing about. So now what we have to ask is selling, killing, spying, crooked gambling, and senseless bullshitting. Like, is this is this what we want in the mind of the the first AGIs to, to be, be full of? And uh, I mean... Not really. On the other hand, things are advancing rapidly. So I, th I think there's still time 
to make you know, AIs that have a respect for truth and reason and that have a compassionate and benevolent attitude toward people. I mean, I think I think there's still time to shape this the singularity in this way. But what's clear is that neither governments nor large companies fundamentally give a crap about that, right? I mean, governments, by the way they're constituted, care most about their own hegemony and, and so the, 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 the relative status of their own country relative to the, the other countries. Companies care more about getting money and getting, getting mind share. And so, you know, who's, who's developing AGI with a view toward the common good of, of humanity and, and a benevolent singularity? I mean, in a way, in a way, the university system sort of is, which is, is interesting. And most, most AI innovations are coming out of PhD students in, 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 in universities. And I mean, some of us, some of us in the entrepreneurial world are, and, I, and I've been into blockchain as a technology for making sure AI technology is deployed in a decentralized and more sort of anarcho-democratic way rather than controlled by, by, by centralized parties. But it's a small percent of the AI development on earth that isn't oriented toward let's make these guys money or let's give these guys hegemony right i mean as most of the resources behind ai are oriented toward making some small or mid-sized party of humans dominant over over the over the others which probably isn't the way that the way that you you, you want to do it but if the breakthrough the agi happens from some crazy people operating outside these oligopolistic institutions, then we still have a, a better chance at a benevolent singularity, I would say. Ben, we, we do a quick fire round on the Disruptor show. Um, yeah, that should, be, and... that should be fun. All right. <laughs> so, you know, maybe 30 seconds per answer. If there's one or two you want to expand on, fine. Do we live in a simulation? We cannot know that. My instinct is yes. I thought you wanted rapid answers. You still got 20 seconds <laughs> I mean, left. <laughs> I mean that's, a, that's a long-standing philosophy problem, right? And to an extent, you can't ever fully resolve that. If you hack out of this simulation into another one, then you'll ask, is, is, is that one a simulation? I would say I, I think we're rapidly growing beyond the mental framework in which, in which we worry about that. I mean, life, life, life is what it is. We see what we see. We, 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 we do what we do. And the, you know, whether we live in a simulation or not is kind of irrelevant. I mean, we've never, we've always been in this situation where like, you don't know if you're actually a brain in a vat being, being fed fake stimuli through wires going into, in, 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 into the brain in the vat. Right. I mean, I mean, uh, anyone who's read, Science fiction or philosophy is always no. We, we we don't know that. We should just get used to it. Like uh, suck up, suck up the fundamental uh, incomprehensibility of life, the universe, and everything, and move on to doing stuff. Are you playing God if you are programming and creating AI? We're building God rather than playing God. We're we're, we're trying to create AGI systems that have superhuman powers. 
and we're not trying to control what this system does. We're trying to create a system that is a seed for a series of more and more intelligent and and and, and capable systems. So we're we're really trying to build benevolent superminds that have much better sense than me or you or any human about precisely what to do. I'm also specifically not trying to take control of this myself. I mean, I, I want to seed an AGI process, put it out to a decentralized network that neither I nor any other one person controls, but that is developed by, you know, tens of thousands of developers and millions of contributors in, in every country around, around the world. So, I mean, I, I think humanity is building gods and many of us are playing a part in this and uh, that's good because i mean i'm not i'm not religious in the traditional sense I, I i you know there may be superhuman superminds out there in the universe already i doubt i doubt a lot that they resemble you know jesus yahweh allah and, and, and so forth so i mean i, I mean and I, I, I think uh building gods is 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 a way to make some of the utopian visions underlying historical religions actually realities like we we literally can create heaven right and it's uh which is is amazing but seems scientifically plausible based on all the all the the physics that we know will ai ever reach human level consciousness i suspect ai's level of consciousness will significantly exceed the the human level i tend to be panpsychist like i believe this coffee cup has its own species of consciousness and i guess anyone anyone who uh dropped enough acid probably had that had that feeling at some point like every 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 everything is aware there's a universal mind or you can get there through med meditation or a lot of other other uh other other methods right so if, if you start from that premise everything in the universe has its own species of consciousness you know that then it's not too hard to think well okay sure ai's will too but if you have an ai you know that's 100 times more intelligent creative and capable than a human and knows 100 times more you know is it not likely to have a state of consciousness as far beyond human consciousness as human consciousness goes beyond mouse and bug consciousness. Who controls the world? No one's in control of the world, man. I mean, that's something I realized when I turned about nine to 10 years old, I'm like, oh shit, there's, a, there's really nobody in charge here. Nobody knows what's going on. Like this is a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, you know, monkeys with a jazzed up cortexes and some language ability that are just going around pursuing their own advantage and believing a lot of deluded things and out of this crazy self-organization think think things are happening it, it was very disturbing to realize that when i was five or six years old i believe there was some like ruling class like a hundred guys in suits in a in, in, in a room somewhere who were were pulling all the puppet strings and now i realize nobody's in control nobody understands what's 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 going on things are just fucking evolving and, and, and happening, right? And I mean, that's, that's not to say that some folks don't have more agency than others. I mean, of course, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, or even myself has more agency 
over the onto the singularity than the average average subsistence farmer, right? But but in in the end, the global self organization of communication, computing, and biological and digital life forms. I mean this this goes way beyond any small group of people or or any nation. And if half the people or half the countries on Earth <clears throat> were wiped out in some mysterious way. Which I really don't think is going to happen. But if if that happened, it would be, it would be a glitch, right? But it, it wouldn't. I I don't think it would. I don't think it would delay the singularity by more than decades. Will AI ultimately wipe out humanity? I doubt it. I th I think humanity will persist in the fashion of the the squirrels in the national park, as as I like to say. I mean, the, we don't try to police the love lives of the squirrels, and one squirrel can even go ape shit or squirrel shit or whatever and like bite some other squirrels and, 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 and kill them. They can build their own houses. They live their own lives. If they go out of the park, they might get run over by a car. If a plague befalls the squirrels, some doctors may go in to try, try to cure it, right? So, I mean, I think humans will continue and AGIs will be much, much smarter than people. A difference from the metaphor of the squirrels in the park is we don't currently offer squirrels the option to uplift their minds to human level intelligence and join humanity. Whereas I think humans will have the opportunity to uplift their minds and merge with the AI supermind. On the other hand, maybe we will offer squirrels the opportunity to uplift themselves to superhuman intelligence later. I, I, I don't know. It's been it's been explored in in science fiction. The question is, how do you get informed consent from the squirrel? Right? Do you, do you have to boost them to human level intelligence? Ask them, do you like it? Or do you want to go back to being a squirrel in order to ask them the question? What's your biggest failure, Ben? What's my biggest failure? Well, I think, you know, if I had foreseen the dot-com crash in 2001, we might have a human level AGI and a benevolent human level AGI right now. So, I mean, I, I started trying to pursue AGI in the, in the late 90s. Right. And, you know, I, I was doing that in uh, in New York. It was a great place to be doing it. I, bu I built built a glo global company. And, you know, what, what we were doing then was well founded on a technical level, but we ended up not pulling it together on a business level, really just because we were hit by the dot com crash along 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 with anyone else. And I. I didn't have any business experience back then, where it's not now I have decades. But I would I would also say that Ben Gersel in his mid-30s was more prone to get carried away with, with emotions, right? Like I was just so excited to be in the position of moving ahead super fast with uh with developing AI with with a great team. I wasn't able to reflect at a deeper and more sort of dispassionate level on what was going on in the economy and and and, and, and the, the world around me and I, I i think that you know by by this advanced age i'm less emotion driven and i'm less delusion driven and i can introspect on each thought and belief i have and compare it in a more dispassionate way with everything in 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 in, in, in the world that, that i that i understand but if if I had gotten to this sort of level of peace of mind and, and rationality and 
enlightenment, like not to overblow things, but if I mean, if if I'd gotten to this the place I am mentally now, when I was in in my twenties, the AI projects I was pulling together in the late nineties probably would have created a benevolent singularity by by this point in time a lot of people who died wouldn't have had to die right and uh, we wouldn't have the wars that we have on, 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 on the planet now so i think uh, there's a weird sense of responsibility to being engaged with creating agi right and you don't want to overblow it because you know no one person is that important if, if any one of us was to be you know hit by a falling meteor the singularity is still probably going to happen about the same way on, on the other hand could we make it happen with less carnage along the way? Could we make it happen a few years earlier? I mean, that that that's something that maybe within within our ability to to control. It's about what technology you build, and it's about what mindset you have while you while you're building it, right? And that's a it's a you know exciting and also humbling time. Going back to the two quotes with which we started out this conversation. Ben, final question. This show is called Disruptors, and I ask every guest. So 900 times in seven years, I've asked this same question. What does the word disruptive mean to you? There's a philosophy of musical aesthetics. So a philosophy or a theory of what makes a piece of music sound good, which, which uh, is summed up by the phrase the surprising fulfillment of expectations so like a, a good piece of music it's not like totally discordant and gives you something you can't understand it makes no sense based on the earlier bits and the music but nor is it predictable like uh like muzak or the more boring works of kenny g or something where it's just right it's a it's throwing something a little surprising at you but in the end, in a way that fits into the whole big picture of the musical work that's developing. And I, I think our own development as individuals goes that way. I think the development of industries and, and econ economy go, go, goes that way. You can see that in Tesla. You can see that in the birth of the PC that, that, that Bill Gates was involved in. And so focusing on disruption is important but it's, it's half of the picture. I, I think the pattern of growth that we see is you have surprise, you have disruption, the patterns and expectations you have are, are you know, they're, they're thrown into disarray. Then what comes out of that disruption is, you know, something that does fulfill many of the hopes, dreams, and expectations that, that you had before. And I mean, this is, this is why they, they called the, you know, the incubator program in, University of Toronto, the Creative Destruction Lab, which I was advising for some time. That's also creative destruction. It's the two sides. It's a surprising fulfillment of expectations. It's it's yin and yang. It's the duality between every organism that grows needs to preserve its boundaries, but also needs to evolve into new unforeseen things. Right. So I think uh, disruption is is half of the picture. But it's it is it's one of the important things to be thinking about. Ben, um, I want to thank you very much for um, getting up early and um, doing this interview. Really grateful, really interesting. You're the first guest we've ever had talking about AI. 
um, in 900 shows. So hopefully we're, we're going to get. Well, I won't be. Lot. I won't be the last. I suspect. So, no. Yeah. So where can people follow you and your work? You know, and, and some of your commentary. Yes, yeah, so and... my my business and AI doings could be found by going to singularitynet.io. And there's a bunch of links from there to various things I'm involved with. My own personal website, gertzel.org, G-O-E-R-T-Z-E-L.org, has has a whole bunch of other interesting stuff linked from linked from there. You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Ben Gertzel. And uh, yeah, there's all sorts of ways everyone can help with the effecting the transition to a beneficial uh, singularity so i, I look, look look forward to you know some of the folks listening now jumping into the some of the, some of the initiatives in the, in the singularity net ecosystem and thanks for listening and thanks for being on the show ben really appreciate it all right that's good